Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today I'm miserable because we're looking at the 2002 movie Halloween Resurrection, which is one of my least favorite movies of all time. Trick or treat, motherfucker. And in fact, the worst movie we've covered on the podcast so far, in my opinion. I legitimately hate this movie, and if I could destroy it from existence, I would. Joining me is our Halloween correspondent, Derek Kubitschek. Derek, how you doing? You know, you talk down this movie so much. This fell in line with my expectations. And for the record, I don't even think that it's the worst movie that I've helped you cover on this podcast. That one still goes to Texas Chainsaw 2, and it's not even close. I hate you so much. And in fact, Halloween 5 is worse for me. I can accept that. I, I, I think I, I said that. Yep. I said that. Yes. I did say I did say that I thought you would hate Halloween 5 more just because Halloween Resurrection definitely feels more modern. It feels more modern, but I think, <laughs> I think I in the middle of the movie, I'm like, this just feels like Fast and the Furious one. I'm pretty sure they had background music in Halloween Eight that they used for the title screen of the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm like, my gosh, this smells like early 2000s. And if anyone out there doesn't remember what early 2000s smells like, it's like a sixth grader who doesn't realize that they need to start wearing deodorant. Yeah. So it just has this horrible aroma to the to everything about it. So even when you say that it's more modern, I'm just like, yeah, but <laughs> it's not a good thing. This the early 2000s puked all over this movie. It was it was bad. It it's a horrendous movie. Horrendous. And and nothing is more guilty of being horrible than the opening. Oh, God. You know, you you warned me. You're like, the first five, ten minutes of this movie is going to take everything that you loved about Seven and just ruin it. Yep. Just completely spit on the grave, you know? Yep. And you were right. It pulled me out immediately. I'm like, I hate these lazy ride-arounds. This is dumb. This was some bigwig sitting in an office with his feet up on the table trying to come up with his next moneymaker saying, you know what? Michael's still alive. Whatever. Fine. It's BS. Do not watch this movie. Do not submit yourself to this monstrosity of a film. Whatever you do, don't watch this movie ever. Well, and you were saying, for people who don't understand how the timelines in Halloween work, 8 is technically the end of this timeline. Yep, 8's the end of this timeline. So just skip it and pretend that 7 was the end. It's a much more satisfying ending. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot more sense. Everything about 7 is better than 8. Everything. In every way. Every single way. So if... One of them has to be the ending, and we have to get a reboot with nine. Make it seven. Yep. Don't don't even don't even wiki eight. Just yep. pretend it doesn't happen. And in fact, just turn off this podcast. <laughs> right. Don't listen to this podcast. You know, it, it's been a couple minutes now. We get credit for the listen anyway. So, yeah. If you don't know what happens in Halloween Resurrection, and you're happy with the way H two O ended, just stop. Just stop what you're doing. Don't go any further. Pretend this movie doesn't exist. Like I wish I had, because this. Like I said, if I could nuke one movie for, uh, out of our collective thoughts and memories in existence, it would be this movie. I despise it on every level. There is, like, one funny line of dialogue, a couple of, like, <laughs> moments throughout the film, and there's virtually no redeeming qualities. You know, I normally normally we're not a review podcast, but I, I just need... I feel like this is my mission in life to warn people away from this movie. Yeah, it's not a review, but you got to vent. Yeah. You know, our feelings need to be known so that people understand if we're grading these characters. Yep. There's a bias. Yeah. Like, you, you can't help it. Because if it's a shit movie, then you understand that the characters are probably making horrible decisions yep. too. So, I guess we've got a lot to cover here. Yep. So, let's get into this abomination that is Halloween Resurrection. So, the movie begins in a mental hospital where we see that Laurie Strode is now a patient. Bum, bum, bum... That's unfortunate. And honestly, she's already in rule number one. Yep. Already. Because what we're going to learn through some exposition given to us for some random nurses, what happened at the end of Halloween 7 is Michael Myers attacked a paramedic when everybody thought he was dead, switched bodies out, crushed the crushed the paramedic's larynx so it couldn't he couldn't speak, switched, switched places with him, switched clothing, switched places, put the mask on him, and escaped the place, the, the, the school dressed as a paramedic. 
So the man that Laurie Strode decapitated was just some random paramedic. Who'd had his larynx crushed. Yeah, and couldn't speak. And already, I just hate everything. This is the worst, laziest write-around I've ever heard. It's insulting to my intelligence. It's insulting to what came before in Halloween 7. This is just the absolute worst. I don't have anything else to add. That, it was horrible. Yep. I couldn't even get into the movie because I loved the ending of 7 so much. Yep. So right off the bat, we're, we start with this bullshit. So for the paramedic... I don't know what he did wrong. I guess he should have waited for backup before going in to look at this body. Don't go in by yourself. I mean, you know, he's doing his job, but he should have known that he was in a horror movie. So, I mean, that's yep. kind of breaking rule one because, yep. like, this guy has survived a lot. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I'll go with rule at 12, wait for backup. Don't go into an unsecured location by yourself. You know, at least have a cop with you at the very least. So, going in alone was a bad call for this guy. I think that's about all we can say. Yeah. There's not a lot here. Sorry, random writer fodder. Yep. So he's dead. Lori, it's like three years later or something like that, and Lori is basically catatonic. She's sitting in this this mental hospital room. She hasn't spoken a word, and they think she's just, like, completely dissociated with reality. That's not the case. Lori is following rule number one, which is knowing you're in a horror movie, and Lori knows it. She's not catatonic. She's waiting for Michael to come for her. She's been hiding her pills inside of her, her stuffed doll. And it's just waiting. She's been she's been caught sneaking up to the roof, and everybody thinks she's oh she's a suicide risk. No, Lori's been plotting. She's getting a, a plan together for when Michael comes for her to f- stop him once and for all. Commendable. If we're gonna put ourselves in the reality of this movie, commendable. Good job, Lori. Yep, that's I, yeah, that's fine. Yep. You know she has known she's in a horror movie for three years, and that the sequel's coming. She's already lived through three three movies. There's another one coming. Yep. So we meet this security guard named Willie, and he finds an. Oh, he's out doing a patrol of the perimeter, and he finds an open gate. Now, as a former security guard, the first thing you do here is you call it in. Hey, I got an open gate. Uh, I need some backup out here. Rule number three is do your damn job. Willie is not doing his damn job here. And speaking from a non-former security guard, I would have called for backup. Yep. Rule twelve: call for backup. I don't get paid enough. Yeah, to true. deal with this. I want to live. Yep. This is a mental hospital. This is an asylum. You you don't... No, 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 just no. Call it in. If you work at a mental hospital, every day is a horror movie. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. You know, you especially with one of the inmates we're going to meet later, a guy named Harold, who is in an obsession with serial killers. And it turns out, might have been the one who opened the gate. It's a little unclear. Yeah, I don't know. It's... it's the, This guy is just so bad at his job. It's unbelievable. Yep. Willy, willy, willy. So he goes outside... And starts to smoke a cigarette instead of, like, really doing anything. Like, what? And Harold manages to sneak up on him. And luckily, Harold seems pretty harmless. Yeah. But he has an obsession with serial killers. And he's wearing a, he's wearing a, uh, is it Bozo the Clown? Yeah, the John Wayne Gacy yep. costume. Yep. And while he's getting Harold back, Michael manages to sneak into the facility. Now, granted, this would be, if I was that security guy, I'd be like, oh, Harold here just opened the gate. Okay, problem solved. We'll lock back up and put Harold back, and you know we'll just continue our rounds, look for anything suspicious. But so that's fine. You know I don't blame him for not noticing Michael because he's dealing with another inmate. Inmate. I think that's fine and yeah. acceptable. You got to keep constant vigilance. Rule two is constant vigilance, but you got to keep your constant vigilance on the threat in front of you. And also, I think we established in like Halloween five or six that there's something about Michael. That you just can't hear him. No. He's perfectly silent. Yes. So constant vigilance is almost hard to grade, but that being said, like, there's no excuse for sight. Yeah. You know, but if you're down one sense and that sense is arguably your most important, I, I always throw an asterisk next yeah. to people not noticing Michael now. It's stupid. I hate it because that's not reality, but... In-universe. In-universe. It's the logical whatever. explanation. So they put him back in his cell, Harold, and Willie and his boss, they're like, they see somebody else on the camera, and his boss is like, Willie, I thought you put Harold back. He's clearly in the basement. It's clearly not Harold, much skinnier person. They're like, all right, let's go get him. Willie decides to stop at a vending machine to get some food. You can't do that after you put the inmate back. Like, even, let's say it is Harold. You, you can't wait till you put Harold back in his cell, which you were supposed to have done already. You can't wait to get your snack until after that. Do your damn job, Willie. Yep, this this guy is just uh, lining them up, just like dominoes. They're falling over, and they're going to lead to something here. He reminds me of Pippin. Like, what are you doing? Breakfast. <laughs> we haven't had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Like, I need the food now. 
<laughs> nice crispy baking. Put it out, you fools. <laughs> Put it out. So his boss goes on ahead to check it out. Okay, boss, you're going to go without backup. You're going to split up and go, go do this on your own with, again, a potentially dangerous inmate. Rule number 19 is don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. Yeah, don't split up, gang. And I will say, like, these guys probably know Harold pretty well. And he does seem like a harmless dude who just loves to know things. I mean, by and large, this guy is probably very harmless. They know him well. Which is irritating that they didn't know that it wasn't him on the camera. Yep. So these guys are not smart. No, they, they have They have zero critical thinking skills. That doesn't excuse them for breaking the rules. But that being said... You should probably go do this together, even if you are familiar, because, like you said, this is all part of Rule 3. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Security guards in movies give real security guards such a bad name, and real security guards themselves give themselves a bad name, so we don't need fictional portrayals to make it worse. We don't need help. <laughs> We're already awful. So, Willie hears his boss scream, and Rule number 1, Willie. Like, you already should know you're in a horror movie, but there's no excuses. There already weren't any excuses, but there's really no excuses anymore. It's so bad. And again, you're not paid enough for this. No. At this point, Willie, you hear a scream, you leave. You're not armed. He doesn't have anything. I, I don't know if all of a sudden he had a call to do his job, but this is no longer his job, in yep. my opinion. Things get out of hand, you call outside. Yep. Do what a real security guard should do. Call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> call the people who actually have authority. Yep, exactly. Rule number 12, wait for backup once again. Get out. Rule number 11, get out. Get out! It's time to go. Like, you're in a mental hospital with... There's a litany of rules here that this this falls into. You hear a scream from the other room, and you're a security guard in a mental hospital. Leave. Yep, it's time to go. So Willie goes in there, and he's looking around, and he finds his boss's head in a dryer. And then trips over his boss's body. How did he not see that? Rule number two, Willie, constant vigilance. I don't even... How... Like, the logic See, of this doesn't make sense. And I'm going to say uh, Stonehenge magic bullshit on this as well, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure we even had a shot of him staring at the dryer that included the floor. Or at least uh, it's one of the taller commercial uh, washer dryers or whatever. Yeah. And they were showing the whole thing. So we probably had something very close to getting the floor. So that body probably wasn't there. So I think Mike, Michael just got jokes. Yeah, maybe he just like, oh, I'm going to put the body behind like, me. You're going to trip it. Like, LOL. Wouldn't it be funny if he's like, oh, my buddy's head, and then trips backward over his body like, whoa, man, where'd that come from? That makes more sense than what actually happened, I think. I mean, this this is this is a 2000s movie, so this is a very, like, you know, Audie's prank here. Yeah. So It's so stupid. But he manages to get back up and runs right into Michael, who cuts his throat. So I'm... So many things wrong for this guy, Willie. Constant vigilance, not doing his damn job. He should have got out when he had the chance. He split up. It, it's awful. Yeah, Willie's uh, uh, drawn dead here. Yeah. I mean, did he do anything right? No. I mean, he got Harold back in his cell. <laughs> That's good, I guess. I guess. Yeah, Willie is a mess. But in, in fairness, he only found him because Harold spooked him a little bit. Yeah. Early front runner for Night of the Living Plup Award. Early, Early front runner. It's going to take a lot to beat this. It's always the characters at the beginning of these movies, yeah. isn't it? But the thing is, the real sad thing is, there's going to be at least one serious contender. Oh, absolutely. And it's the fucking final girl. <laughs> That's so sad and pathetic. So, Michael bursts into Lori's room just straight up. It looks like she's in her bed, but it's the classic pillow trick, and Lori zaps him with a light. You know, considering she has no weapons, pretty good move. Yeah, that's fine. I like the move. I like, she was ready. She was ready for this. So props to Lori. She's following rule number 21, learn from past events. Yep. So good for her. She takes off running and Michael follows her. And I could sense you getting upset at the movie. But because of the way Lori was doing her escape, she let, was leading him to a trap, which is why there's some like logical moves. Like, why would you do that, Lori? Like, she goes upstairs, for example. Rule 15 is don't run upstairs. But she's leading him to a trap. So, so. And, and, and in fairness... I wasn't mad at her going up the stairs. I was more mad at the classic, like, Michael walks, she's kind of jogging, and he's still catching her kind of mm -hmm. thing. That that one always bothers me. It doesn't matter what movie it is. It doesn't matter what is happening. I always seem to get upset at that. Because even if you trip and fall in the middle of the woods, someone's not going to be able to just walk up on you. Like, everyone's 
not everyone, but a lot of people have watched any professional sport. These guys fall over, they get back up, and they keep going. It doesn't really stop you all that much. Yeah, but I think Laurie was running slowly on purpose. And, and, and that made sense in hindsight. Yeah. But no, I knew that the nurses had said they found her on the roof a couple times. And then as soon as they showed that she was still functional, she was still, she was, she was still of sound mind. Yeah. I was like... Okay, so she's going up the stairs for a reason. Like, she was going up to the roof for a reason. I didn't know if it was because she was um, keeping a better watch on the perimeter or doing whatever. Or maybe those were nights that Michael had shown up and been scouting and just, you know, slowly waiting for his time. But as soon as I saw her going up to the roof, I'm like, okay, there'll be something up here. Yeah, she's got a plan, which is fine. You can violate the rules on purpose for a greater goal. Like, it's like English. You have to know the rules in order to break them. Yeah. And that's the thing here. you, you got to know the rules in order to break them. Lori knows these rules. Yep. She's won the Randy Meeks merit badge. Well, and anytime you can have the villain on their heels, that is in itself following all the rules. Yeah. As long as the goal isn't to get away. Because, I mean, we always say, if this is grounded in reality, removing yourself from the situation is that's the best move. thing you can do. But, like you said, Rule 21, Lori already knows that Michael's not leaving. Yeah. The, the, there's no way to remove yourself from the situation. No. Nope. At least for any permanence. The only way to end this is to end Michael. Yep. And she knows that, so good for her. So she ends up trapping Michael in a rope trap. So he's hanging, dangling from his foot, which is very funny. He ends up dropping his knife, which... Michael, rule number seven, don't leave your weapon behind. Firmly grasp it. Stupid. Firmly grasp it. I mean, th- th- this is... Th- amateur hour over here come on michael like this is this is your weapon this is your bread and butter you know he can even use it to butter his bread that was why i said it (laughs) (laughs) okay so laurie's got his knife now and she's getting prepared to cut him down she starts cutting the rope and she's gonna drop him off the edge of the building that's her plan to finish him off once and for all don't know if that would have killed him it absolutely would not have yeah i would have you know just just stab him laurie yeah just like whoop whoop pin cushion but she has flashbacks to when she cut off that paramedic's head. You remember the paramedic that wasn't a paramedic, yeah. but whatever, lazy whatever. Right around. And she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check just to be sure. I, I gotta make sure this isn't the wrong guy again." Here, come on, come on. Oh, what really killed this whole thing for me is that all ambiguity has been removed. She never took her eyes off of this Michael Myers. I mean. Maybe for mere seconds. Yep. But she knows that this one is him. She knows it. Before, at least there was some tangible, measurable amount of time between when she saw Michael's body and whatever was in the the coroner's van or whatever it was. Like, I, I hate saying that this ride around was even possible. So, like... Pretend I'm not giving it any validity because sure. it's awful. But this time, there's no excuses. This is, in my opinion, Laurie Strode's single worst move in the entire four-movie collection so far. And it's so out of character that all I can do is say that the writers are breaking the rules. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I'll say to make it make any sense is she's been traumatized by accidentally killing the wrong man. Fine. Fine. All right, let's say or let's say we need to take this mask off to make sure it's the right person. There's a better way to do it than reaching out yourself. Find an eleven foot pole. Yeah, yeah, touch him with an eleven foot pole and just like take it off. There, there's a better way to do this. <sighs> I hate it. And Lori is going to violate our newest rule, rule number four to keep your distance. She's going to get up close to Michael and try and get the mask off herself, and he's going to grab her as the rope cuts, and they're both going to fall over the edge, but Michael's going to grab onto the side of the building and stab Lori with the knife. She kisses him goodbye and drops, and he drops her to her death, and that's the end of Lori's drug. It's so stupid. Ultimately, it's just rule 40, keep your distance. That's the only rule she violates, and it's horrendous break of this rule. <sighs> horrendous break. I wish there was more to say, because when you were talking in Halloween 1, so long ago now, about how she's like the original Scream Queen, Mm -hmm. I didn't really see that performance in Halloween 1, but you definitely see it more in um, 7 for sure. So, I mean, you see it in 2 a little bit, you definitely see it in 7, she's better than this. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that if you're going to bring in Jamie Lee Curtis 
for 20 minutes of a movie. Not even. Not even. 15 minutes of a movie. And this is what you give her? Insulting. It's it's, it's literally insulting. It, I'm insulted by this. You told me that uh, for people who are fans of horror, this was like Fallen Kingdom. Like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Where yes. they just like, hey, you remember everything you love about the original? Well, we're just going to nuke that all to hell. Say, F you and do what we want to do stupid 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 you can have a crummy sequel without ruining everything that came before that nasty trash money hungry grubby grimy nasty stupid sorry i was just talking about fallen kingdom there but i know that you feel this way about halloween 8 even more so so i want to just convey your feelings yeah Uh, yeah yeah we're on we're on the same level here uh, also, another thing for Lori is rule number 22 is take the shot. You had it. You had the shot. Just take it. It wouldn't have worked, but at least you'd have taken it. You know, cut his head off for real this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With an 11-foot pole. Just, oh, God, I hate this. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. I hate it so much. This is just the worst. So Michael gives his knife to Harold and leaves and title card. That's the opening of Halloween Resurrection. Woo! Why is it even called Halloween Resurrection? I literally guess nobody got resurrected. He resurrects at the end, technically, I suppose. That's literally it. Yeah, that's the only but, thing that makes any sense. But, whatever. Whatever. So we meet our new main protagonist, a girl named Sarah, who is a college student. Cool. And that's her personality. Yeah, there's there's really not much here. She, there's nothing there. She has uh, friends Jen, who wants to be famous, and Rudy, who is a cook. Cool. All right. Then that's that's what we got. And they had all signed up to be part of this reality TV show called Dangertainment, and the three of them all got selected to be contestants. Remember when we said this movie reeks of early two thousands? Yes. They're going to be on an internet TV show yep. called Dangertainment. You know, you can tell this came out just after Survivor started and stuff like that. Yeah. Reality TV was big. Um, they even have a Survivor reference in it. I and, voted and, off the island. Yeah, you're about to get voted off the island. And I love Survivor, but you, you're not worthy of Survivor Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> Shameless plug for other podcast, Castaway Consultants. If you're a Survivor fan, go check that out. Or if you just like us for some reason. Oh, yeah, for whatever. <laughs> I don't know why you would. If you come for the people... There you go. Yeah, uh, the cast of consultants is me, Derek, and Josh. So if you want to hear the three of us talk about Survivor, that's the place to do it. Anyway, so basically the, the plot of this reality show is they're going to be like investigators going around the Michael Myers house and trying to solve the mystery of Michael Myers. Yeah, it has a sci-fi channel, like paranormal hunters or yeah. ghost hunters feel to it, except we're going to use it using this exciting new medium, yep. the internet and, and chat rooms. Now... I would love to do a show like this. Like, if I was a reality show going around some spooky house, I'd sign up in a heartbeat. I think that'd be really fun. But, man, they execute this in the worst possible way. This show just seems so lame. But, I mean, in the early 2000s, I guess it was all the rage. I mean, you and I would have been uh, not even 10. Yeah, no. I would In 2002, I was, like, 9. Yeah, you were yeah, 9. Yeah. So, we, we'll never know why the internet was such a big deal. Yeah, it was... For me, it was just always a thing. I don't remember a time before the internet. I remember, you know, a, a, a smidgen before, like, dial-up. Because yeah. my parents were always, like, five years behind whatever was <laughs> going on. We didn't get our first DVD until, I think, Harry Potter 1? That sounds about right. So, I, I don't know. But we were always behind the time. So, I don't understand this world without an internet. But this must have been huge. Because they were showing all the college kids just like, oh, woo. I'm learning history. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of the dot-com bubble. Yes. So we're also introduced to Sarah's pen pal internet friend named Deckard, who is a guy named Miles in real life. He's uh, like a sophomore in high school, and, but his, his screen name is Deckard. <laughs> so we're just going to call him Deckard the whole movie. <laughs> he plays almost no role yep. in this whole movie. You could cut him out of the movie, and it would make no difference, basically. Yeah. Uh, the only reason to have him here is for him and his... Uh, the the spectators were with him. To, they're watching the show. Yeah, they're the audience, and they're f- kind of funny. It's whatever. They're they're kind of a mirror of the audience yep. watching the movie. Yeah, and I thought it, I, you know they're they're occasionally funny. Like some of their reactions are like what? 
Come on. Uh, that's the one of the only parts I like about this this trash film. Yeah, there are, there are two things you like, and we'll get to the other yeah, one. Yeah, we'll get to the other one. Oh, yeah, and uh, Dangertainment's also offering a scholarship, which is, like, their main reason for doing it, for for at least for Sarah. The other two want to be famous, but Sarah's like, I'll do it for the scholarship. Mm-hmm. And even she's kind of hesitant about doing it for some reason. But anyway, so Deckard's pretending to be a grad student, but he's really a high school student, but he and Sarah talk all the time. Internet pen pals, hooray. So Sarah goes to the motel where um, the Dangertainment meeting is, and we meet the rest of our cast. We have our the, the showrunners, Freddie and Nora. Freddie is played by Buster Rhymes. Which, he and Tyra Banks are probably my favorite part of this whole movie. Tyra Banks is barely in this movie. I just, just the fact that they're in it. Oh, okay. And, and Nora is, is uh, played by Tyra Banks, and they're the two showrunners that created this. And it's just like, what? Okay, sure. We got Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks in a Halloween movie, I guess. Yeah, and, and that was enjoyable for me. And yeah, Tyra Banks doesn't get much to do, but no. Buster Rhymes gets a lot to do. Yeah, he's actually the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And even he sucks for the most of it. Yes. He loves kung fu movies, That's and he's very enthusiastic about this whole thing. That's his personality. Yep, that, there's nothing else to know. And then we have three other contestants. We have Bill, who's played by one of the guys from American Pie, um, like the normal one in American Pie. And he's just a pervy guy. Donna, who's a smart girl, and Jim, who's a weirdo, music student, and those are our, that's our cast of ladies and gentlemen, hooray. A bunch of early 2000s college kids. Yep, basically. And Sarah gets startled when a light falls over and just screams her head off for no reason, and Freddie's like, yeah, she's going to scream a lot, so this will be great for the show. Hell yeah, I want her on. And so like later, Sarah comes to Freddie, she's like, yeah, I actually don't want to do this. And he's like, no, you got to do it, you're going to be the best part. Fear is important. Fear motivates. Fear makes you feel alive. All right. Thanks, Freddy. <laughs> thanks, Busta. Uh, whatever. And he's like, nah, just sleep on it. And she eventually decides she's going to do it. Deckard is planning on staying at home to watch this Dangertainment on Halloween night. But his buddy convinces him to go to this Halloween party instead. Whatever. We're just going to run through like the plot now. Because it's going to be a while before like anything happens, it seems like. But the contestants are all going to be wearing cameras on their heads. And that, yeah. And then walk around the house and try and figure out why Michael became Michael. Yep. So we cut to uh, a guy named Charlie, who's the cameraman for Freddie and Nora. And he's setting up cameras in the house. And he sees Michael Myers, who's in the house. And Michael starts walking menacingly toward him with a, a tripod in his hands. And Charlie, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. And surprise! Surprise! <laughs> and he just kind of panics. Rule ten is don't panic. And he just backs straight into a corner and allows himself to get... Stabbed in the neck by Michael. And that's the end of Charlie. Rip. Don't panic. Don't don't panic. Are you probably dead? Probably. Because no one ever seems to be able to get out of this house. Yeah. But it wasn't locked yet. No. There, there's nothing fishy. Even going up the stairs, again, would have been a better move than what he did. Do something. Don't be useless. Rule number 28 is run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run! Yeah, there Easy. you go. You could just run right out the front door. He lives. <laughs> rule 10, rule 28. There you go. Good old 10, 28. We should start calling these out like uh, like radio signs, you know? Yep. So is it like 10, 4? Uh, oh, we got a 10, 28 here. We got a 10, 28. We got to uh, no panic and run out. Yep. We got ourselves a uh, 117. Know you're in a horror movie and then try something. <laughs> Do anything. Yeah, so that's the end of Charlie. Who cares? So Freddie and the cast arrive, and Michael's like, why are all these people in front of my house? Because he's upstairs watching. <laughs> oh, old man Myers, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Yeah, this is a much better movie if you think about it from, like, it's a home invasion. Like, get these fucking kids out of my house. <laughs> I'm going to think about this movie forever as a home invasion and Michael Myers just like, get out of here. <laughs> so they're all going to be locked in and they're not allowed to leave. So the front door is locked behind them. Back door two, I guess. And the cast enters the house. So they start exploring. Some, we get a bunch of small stuff. Rudy notices there's spices in the kitchen. And they smell very fresh, which is weird. Freddy set all this up. So, like, it's everything new is in the house. And basically, Freddy just puts stuff in the house. I don't know why Freddy needed to buy spices, but... So we have Jim flirts with Donna, and it's just a real creepy perv to her. Yep. Bill creeps on Jenna and is, like, touching her, and it's like, Ugh. dude, okay. It's personal space. Personal space. People don't want to be touched. Don't touch them. Yep. Sarah and Rudy end up finding a high chair with a lock on it, and they're like, and a giant key attached to it. And they're like, oh my god, they used to uh, lock him in his high chair. How sick and dark. 
So Deckard and his buddy Scott, who isn't important at all, arrive at the party. They're dressed as the guys from Pulp Fiction, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction. And Deckard immediately just sneaks off to go watch Dangertainment in, in some office somewhere. And basically, we don't need to keep cutting back to these guys the rest of the night because the movie does it a lot. But basically, people keep coming into the office and like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, cool, we'll watch. Right. So it's just, oh, hey, there were two people before, now there's six. So... I think all this is meant to do is that this is interesting and entertaining enough for the time period that, okay, yeah, we have to go ahead and believe when Buster Rhymes tells us that this is a massive success right now. People are catching on and it's having a, you know, it's working. Sure, I guess. The the plan is working. If Buster Rhymes says so. Yes. And he does. So the group ends up splitting up, which, who cares? You're on a reality show, fine, whatever. Just split up and do your own thing. They don't know they're in a horror movie yet. No. So I, I don't fault this at all. I mean, I do think you're in the Myers house. You should probably at least be aware that you're in a horror movie. But it's it's more it's more like a general sense, not yep. like a oh I'm in a horror movie, but like a you know it's kind of like how we say every day working in a mental hospital is like you're in a horror movie. This is a weird, extraordinary situation. Your senses should be heightened, yep. and that's kind of the point. You know that's why they put the cameras on. Like if anything weird is going to happen, their sentences are already heightened. They're sensitive to whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Rule two, constant vigilance. Just yeah. follow that one. It, yeah. it's, it's like being in a haunted house. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's exactly like that. Just you know, be aware of your surroundings. And if you jump a lot, great. That's, that's your reflexes kicking in, and it'll be entertaining for the audience and make you a star, maybe. There you go. Win-win. Uh, so if you're ever doing something like this, just be constantly vigilant. That's good enough. So Bill tries to give in to Jen to flash the cameras, but she doesn't. Riveting storytelling. And a camera goes down. Freddy and Nora are kind of just like, eh, whatever. Camera comes down. They don't really seem to care that much. But I guess what can you do about it at this point? I don't know. Not a lot. And then Donna and Jim, they're going down to explore the basement. And then Rudy and Sarah hear Jen screaming. And so they run back upstairs. They find Bill. And they're like, we can't find Jen. Where's Jen? And it was all just a prank. Jen's playing a prank on him. And again, normally I say don't play pranks on people. But I, I get why she's doing it. She's doing it for the, the lols on reality TV. Mm-hmm. And the like, clicks. Yeah, you're trying to and be entertaining and launch your career. That's Jen's goal. I get it. Fine. I hate this movie, though. This is an awful movie. And again, don't be a menace. I don't know how many times we've had to say it in this series. Yeah. Rule number four, don't be a menace. Don't be a menace. And pranks are bad. At best, it's a prank. At worst... You're dying and nobody cares. This is the most acceptable prank we've seen. In the- yes, it is. But still, you know, it's not very nice. I'm learning from past events and getting angry because of the history of pranks in this series. Yes. Whatever. But she she makes them all jump. And Bill, he's off on his own. He's like, I'm going to get revenge on Jen for that. And he's like talking into a mirror, talking to himself, talking to the audience. And Michael Myers bursts through a wall, through the mirror, grabs Bill and stabs him to death. Honestly, I got nothing for Bill. He had no way to know he was in a horror movie. And you know, Michael Myers, he uh, he killed the first home invader. And he killed the, the perverted one. Yep. So now the perverted home invader is dead and Michael Myers is one step closer to reclaiming his house. Yes. He was the worst character of the six. Yeah. So I'm glad we got rid of him first. Yeah. And I, and I think they knew that. Stute sucked. Yeah. Kind of surprising because out of the six, he's the biggest star terms of like actors because he was pretty big at the time because of american pie sure so it, i was very surprised to see him get die first of these six i'll be honest and maybe they couldn't afford him so they're like oh we'll kill him first that way we only have to have him on set for like four days <laughs> i mean they did the same thing with jamie lee curtis <laughs> who was the biggest oh yeah 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 i, I meant of the teens <laughs> no 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 i, I got you yeah. uh so his camera goes out and again freddie and nora are like eh whatever Maybe they should have put headsets on them, like, hey, fix your camera or something like that. I don't know. You Just think. Production-wise, this seems like a very messy operation. So downstairs, Jim and Donna find a manhole cover. Jim remembers, like, oh, yeah, the big key, and he goes upstairs and grabs it and opens it. And downstairs is, like, a sub-basement, and it's like, oh, my God, there's, like, chains down here. They kept Michael locked up down here. And <laughs> then they decide to have sex for some reason, which makes no sense because Jim has just been perving on Donna this whole time. And Donna's been not into it at all, and then all of a sudden she wants to do it in this creepy-ass basement. Hey, I guess, Ryan, everyone's got their thing. I guess. But as they're doing it, Freddy and Nora make this wall collapse, and some spoopy skeletons fall out to scare them. At this whole time, they've been finding like other clues. They're like, oh my god, they've been abusing this kid, and they're poor baby Michael. And then Jim notices there's like a Made in Taiwan sticker on one of the skeletons. So this is all fake. Freddy just made this all up. I get it. He's making a reality show. This movie sucks. This movie sucks. And and now uh, now Jim is thinking it too. Like, this movie sucks. <laughs> this is terrible. Then we get this, this scene 
where Michael runs into Freddy. Freddy is dressed as Michael. So we have two Michaels. And Freddy thinks it's cameraman Charlie. He's like, you're not supposed to be dressed as Michael. I'm Michael Myers. Get the fuck out of here. Go help Nora. Because Freddy is going to try and scare him while dressed as Michael. So it's basically just Freddy yelling at Michael Myers for like two minutes. And it's, and it's really funny, honestly. Because Michael's like, okay, I'll kill you last. <laughs> I like you. I'll kill you last. Yeah, Michael's like so taken aback that he's getting yelled at, which has never happened before. And he's like, I don't know. If to, I'm just going to walk away. I'll deal with you later. Maybe Freddy found the right way to defeat Michael Myers just by yelling at him. So Jim goes back upstairs, but Donna, for whatever reason, stays downstairs. And then she notices that behind the fake wall, there seems to be another room. And she goes back there and ends up finding, oh, this is where Michael lived. She doesn't realize it at first. She thinks it's just part of this reality show. But it's where Michael's been living. It's like this disgusting hermit hole. But she finally figures it out when she finds, like, butchered rats and one of them still alive and she's like oh oh no rule number one i'm in a horror movie the lights go out michael's all of a sudden there and she tries to run down the hallway and gets cornered by this gate and michael just ends up impaling her on the gate ah yes the classic she kind of gives up here rule number 17 because we're gonna see later that there was another way out of here and she just doesn't go for it for whatever reason so she just kind of gives up and lets Michael impale her on this this gate. It had been too many minutes since it had a, a Michael kill. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> so for Donna, I think that's just rule 17, never give up the next thing you try might work. She There was a way to get out of here, and she just let herself get killed. You know, and the other thing is that she kind of let herself get split up. Yeah. Which I know we already kind of loosely discussed. I don't think we officially called it out, but again, they're on reality television. It's always... It, there's this weird fog of war mm-hmm. kind of going on here where they're dying but they don't know it yet yeah but they're in a creepy place so like maybe you should at least be aware that something could be weird i i don't know there's just a lot of weird stuff but then she was you know then she realized that it all could be a prank again so donna was in this weird place where drop me in the sub basement and i'm donna right maybe you don't know and maybe because like oh, okay this whole thing's fake all of a sudden you have this this very sound sense of safety like, okay, this is all set up. Now I just want to see what they did. You know, yep. it's kind of like you go into a haunted house and you're like, whoa. But once she detail. finds the rats. Yeah, and, and which which you already called out. But yeah, she she gave up. She definitely panicked. I think this is another 10. Sure. Rule 10, don't panic. This is a classic 10, 17 right here. Yeah. She uh, panicked and then didn't try anything yep. about it. Yeah, she could have she could have tried to get out more. Uh, rule 11, get out. There was a way out of here and she just didn't do it. Yep. So, bad on Donna. God, I hate this movie. Everyone at the party thinks that was fake, except Deckard. And he's like, I don't know, something weird might be happening. Sure, whatever. Meanwhile, Jen and Rudy are getting high, which is just stupid, because they're on camera. This is illegal at the time. Like, what? And I actually, just talking about it now, I'm thinking that following Randy Meek's rules for surviving a horror movie are so far very applicable to this movie. Mm -hmm. The Virgin will survive. Don't do drugs or drink alcohol. You will die. Like, I'm just thinking to myself, did they use Randy Meek's model for surviving a horror movie to craft the eventual deaths in this horror movie? Basically. So, just a a, a fun little thing that I was thinking at this point. Yeah. So, Sarah sees Michael Myers behind her and runs, and she, she runs upstairs, and she finds Rudy. Well, okay, so she thinks she's in a horror movie, right? She is, but she isn't. It's not the real Michael. It's Freddy. So she sees Michael and she breaks rule 15, don't run upstairs. If you think Michael Myers is in the house, go out the front door. Or she doesn't even try it. The first thing she does is go upstairs. It's terrible. Whatever. This is the third time that the possibility of running upstairs has been brought up in this movie. And this is the worst violation. Oh, for sure. And it's going to get worse. And it's going to get worse. Whatever. So she goes upstairs, grabs Rudy... And he's like, nah, it's fine. And they go back downstairs. They can't... Calmly walk back downstairs. Like, no, if you saw what you saw, you're a little maybe more more frantic than this. And honestly, just let the high guy die. Sure. Let him go. Let him go. They go down the stairs, and they're looking around. And Michael manages to grab Sarah from behind, but it's just Freddy. Jim sees this happening, and he immediately grabs something. It looked like a club of some kind. I don't... I think it was one of those the fake prosthetic arm things. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, the one that was made in Taiwan. Sure. He just beeped him over the back with it. Good move. Yeah, I like it. Just use what you have. 
it's not really locking and loading because this isn't a really good weapon, but, you know, he tried. And honestly, bad on Freddy. Constant vigilance. You did not get snuck up upon by Michael Myers. Freddy catches Michael Myers sneaking up on him, mm-hmm. but then doesn't catch Jim about to hit it. Jim's a secret ninja. Jim's a secret ninja, and Freddy is somehow the only person in the entire series who's heard Michael Myers before he was dead. I guess so. This is weird stuff, man. This I don't sucks. <laughs> Doesn't make sense in the continuity. <laughs> so yeah, bad on Freddy again. Rule number four: Don't be a menace. If you're gonna pretend to be a serial killer and like grab people, you can't be mad when you get hit. <laughs> so bad on Freddy. Yep. Yep. But when he gets knocked down, he yells at the others to turn the cameras off. And then he explains, like, okay, yeah, this is all fake. This is all BS. You go along with this. I can get us all a nice paycheck. So, you know, do what you got to do, but I'm going uh, to go run and hide and scare people some more. Don't ruin this for me. Fair enough. Okay. Whatever. I guess it's just weird to cross between, like, don't be a menace, but do your job. Yeah. Like, this is his job. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. We're in some gray territory now. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I hate this movie. So he puts the mask back on and runs off. And Sarah and Rudy, they're like, okay, we're going to quit. Jim's like, ah, I'll keep doing it. I could use the money. Upstairs, Jen finds Bill's body. Rule number one, Jen, you're in a horror movie. A hella horror movie. Oh, yeah. Because she finds the attic. She's like, oh, what's up here? And Bill's body's attached to the ladder. Ah, classic Michael Myers. Classic Michael Myers. And she runs to the top of the stairs. She gets to the top of the stairs, and she's like, guys, I found Bill's body. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And then Michael shows up and cuts off her head. And then uh, so this is another case. Rule uh, rule 10, don't panic. Rule 17, never go. Next thing you might try my work. A t- classic 1017. Yep. Jen just kind of stands there and gets her head cut off. And you can even throw a 28 in there. Like, there is a body hanging in front of you. You yep. get out. Like, don't stand at the stop, top of the stairs. Like, don't use your words. Uh, an action is worth a thousand words. It speaks louder. Just leave and be like, we gotta go. We yep. gotta go. Rule up we gotta get, go. Get out. Like, tap him on the shoulder on the way out. Don't even tap him on the shoulder. Just, like, shove him out of the way. Dead body. We're leaving. Now, it's not worth it. It's not worth the money. I don't want to be a star anymore. <laughs> Bye. And so they see this. Rule one, Jim, uh, Rudy, and Sarah, you all know you're in a horror movie now. Yeah. And Deckard realizes something bad's going on, so he calls the cops at this point, which doesn't matter. They never show up. I don't think they believed him or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Which, by the way, cops, do your job. Yeah. I know it's Halloween, but you got to answer these calls. It's all. It's Halloween in Hattonfield. This is an established thing. This is terrible. Police of Hattonfield. Rule like, 3, like, do your damn job. We have trouble at the Myers house. People are getting killed. On Halloween. Sounds like a prank, but what if it's not? You want those people to be, uh, their blood to be on your hands? So, cops, learn from past events here. Do your job. Yes. God, I hate this movie. <laughs> it's so bad. So the front door is locked, and they can't get out that way. Okay. They try and go out a window, but it's boarded up. All the windows are boarded up in this house. Almost all of them, I guess. So Jim, he locks and loads. Rule number five, he grabs the camera tripod and tries to fight Michael with it. Michael ends up knocking it out of his hands. Firmly grasp it. Yep. Grabs Jim and crushes his skull. So for Jim, the only thing I have is, again, rule uh, 28, run, bitch, run. Well, and then also 40, keep your distance, because he did just kind of stand there and let himself get grabbed, because even though Michael catches the tripod that you were using, and by the way, this is the same tripod that was used to impale Charlie earlier, so we know that it is a weapon, people seem to think, and and this is also recurring in, in a lot of horror movies, and especially in this series, if Michael catches your bludgeon... He's not catching you. You still have time to leave. Michael Myers moves at snail pace. Yep. Run. Run. Leave. Do anything. Run, bitch. Run. And, like, I get it. You're going to break rule 40 with keep your distance when you have a bludgeon and it's all you have and you're cornered. I get it. Yep. You have to at that point. But I I don't even consider that a rule violation. Right, right, right. But after he catches it, that's when I'm just like, okay, this is a violation now because you have no reason to be here. Yeah, for Rule 40, basically, if you have a ranged weapon in, in the case of A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, or if you have the advantage with, like, Laurie had at the beginning of the movie where you can keep your distance and drop him off the roof, keep it. Don't go close to him. Yeah. If, if you don't have to go close to kill, don't do it. Yeah. Don't go stick your nose in it. Yep, exactly. Nothing good can happen. Yeah. So Jim's dead now. Sarah decides to run upstairs. Sarah hadn't even tried the back door yet, which is what bothers me the most. She that Her first instinct... After trying the front doors to run upstairs. Whatever. She circles around, rule 15, don't go, don't run upstairs, Sarah. It's Whatever. terrible. And she gets stuck in a broken 
stairwell or I don't know a broken stair. She like gets stuck in it. Yeah, like it just it breaks. She falls into it. She is dead meat until Rudy decides to be a good Samaritan and break rule number thirty and and save her. And he's like, "Hey, Michael, come get me instead," and draws him off. Now, in terms of surviving, this is horrible. Rudy, come on. You know, the, you everyone knows the old joke. Like, you don't need to outrun the bear. You just need to outrun your friend. Yep. I mean, are, are your friends you made in college really that special? <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly didn't make any good friends in college. Oh, and by the way, Ryan, let's establish this now. If Michael Myers is about to kill me, please don't save me unless you have, like, uh, an ace in the hole. Yeah. And if Michael Myers is about to kill you, sorry. You're, yeah. you're my distraction. We know the rules. We know the rules. One could say we uh, we created the rules. I was going to say, uh, it would be no one to cut ties, right? Yeah. That'd yeah. be the rule? Yeah. <laughs> this, this, Rudy, here's your chance. Yeah, that's another one. Um, uh, here was your moment. Yeah, uh, that is rule number 35, no one to cut ties. Well, Sarah, you were a nice friend, but not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a cook. <laughs> I, I want to serve the meat, not be the meat. Yes. <laughs> So Sarah runs upstairs, she barricades herself in a room up there. Rudy gets a little clever and throws a little spice in Michael's face. It's like a Dale Gribble in King of the Hill, a little pocket sand. sand. Some just spice to like blind Michael. Which is great. That I liked. And then he grabs two knives and he's dual wielding and he has a knife fight with Michael. Which doesn't work. No. But rule five, lock and load. Yeah, at least he tried. And then Rudy tries to go at the back door, which is the smart move. It's locked. Great. Rudy tries to fight again, but Michael stops both of his arms and, like, curves them into Rudy and stabs him to death. Yep. And pins him to a door. Classic Michael. So for Rudy, like, I, he had to get in close for the knife fight, you know, to try and stab Michael to And death. he had the right idea. Like, he wasn't going in for the stab. He was just keeping him at bay and then went for the door. Yep. If that door is unlocked, Rudy's free and clear. Rudy survives the movie. And then when he's cornered, he's fighting. He's trying his best. He's outmatched. Ultimately, for Rudy, rule 35, no one to cut ties. Yep. And rule 30, don't be a good Samaritan. If he hadn't have helped Sarah, he would have had more time to escape, I think. And and maybe he could have. Rudy, you're too good a friend. And you know what? I would have wanted Rudy as my friend. Yeah. We all, we all need a Rudy in our lives to sacrifice themselves <laughs> for the serial killer while we can escape. Have a, have a Rudy around. <laughs> Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> So stupid. I hate this movie. So Sarah, she's like begging for help into the camera and she says Deckard's name and she's like, please help me. Stupid. Deckard's like, okay, I'll help. And so basically now he, they have like, what is it? Like a PDA? Yeah. It's like this weird Palm Pilot instant messaging machine because it's like. It's aged so poorly. It's it's just before text messaging on cell phones became a thing. Yep. So it's like before they combined that technology. It's so weird. So Deckard is now like typing and texting like, hey, this is where he is and giving her directions for a while now, which is just dumb. And Sarah goes out the window because Deckard tells her to because Michael's outside. Okay, great. Sarah, you're on the roof. Get off the roof. Like, yeah, it's a bit of a jump, but roll. Tuck and roll. There's also trees. Jump to a branch. Jump to a tree. Like, this is single-handedly the worst. Uh, no, it's the second worst move in this whole movie. Yeah, this uh, is so dumb. Because, I mean, Laurie Strode wins for the worst move of the entire movie by trying to pull off Michael's mask. Yep. Y- you can't unseat that. Yeah. But you are, you're there. You're there. I mean, I know that this isn't really take the shot, but it... This it, is 11. Get out. This is your moment. Yep. Do you want to die by Michael Myers, or do you want to break your ankles? Maybe. Yep. And you're outside, you can scream for help. There's neighbors. Who will just, you know, shut the blinds. Yeah, yeah granted. But she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. Uh, <laughs> this again? <laughs> this is so bad. She's on the second floor. That is easy to survive. Tuck and roll. <sighs> Whatever. You roll into this. Hang from the gutter and drop. Sure, anything. Do anything other than what you do. And then Michael comes in, smashes his head through the window, sticks his head out, and she kicks him in the face once and runs away. Keep kicking him! Or kick him and then jump off the roof. Sure. Like I'm like even after she stands there all this time, still jump off the roof. For as long as you're on the roof, jump off the roof. 
But no, she runs away and Michael slices her leg. She goes up and gets crossed through a new window back into the house in the attic. Whatever. You Now you've even put yourself in an even worse position. Because now you don't know where Michael is anymore and you're back in the house. Congratulations, you played yourself. You broke rule 15 again. Don't go upstairs. You were already upstairs. You went further upstairs. Maybe she's a Jedi. No, it's over, Michael. I have the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> the high ground that's it <laughs> oh god this movie sucks <laughs> whatever and she's still like deckard help me where is he and he's like he's in the hallway now he's in his bedroom now he's like here's your chance go get out how about you go back out onto the roof and crawl down and crawl down this is still stupid and aren't both of these doors locked like, what's their plan? Yeah, what, what is your plan? What is the plan the front here? and the back door are both locked. You can't get out those ways. Like, literally, the roof is the only... Oh. This makes no sense. None. The sheriff in Halloween 4 and 5 would be disappointed in you. Yes. This is trash. Okay, Rachel and Jamie got off a much higher roof in Halloween 4. Yes! That, that was like four stories or something crazy. I hadn't even thought of that. They've pulled this exact thing in this movie series before. Two stories. I could go do that right now and be fine. It might hurt. It might hurt a little bit. But you'll live. But I'll live. Unbelievable. This is stupid. God, Sarah sucks. She finds Charlie's body in the attic, and then she goes and crawls down over Bill's body on the ladder. <laughs> and then Freddy grabs her, pulls her like aside. And Freddy knows he's in a horror movie now. He's found all the bodies. Rule number one, Freddy's in a horror movie. Great. Now that it's all established. Now it's all established. Meanwhile, Michael Myers has eliminated all but two of the home invaders now. Uh, oh, I guess, yeah, Nora's been in the garage the whole time. But I am I'm I think she's been dead she's ever probably... since uh, Freddie yelled at her, or yelled at Michael yeah. and told him, like, go help Nora, what are you doing here? And then Michael's like, oh, there's another one of you guys just, like, invading my home. Who's in, in my garage? garage. Yeah. Like, uh, Get away from my car. That makes the most sense. So she's been dead a while. Yeah. So there are only two two home invaders left. Yep. So, Good like, my, Michael's... Almost one. Good for Michael. So they run into Michael, and Freddie just straight up tackles him. Bold move. I mean, rule 17? I, like, I'm not going to fault him for this. Because he's successful yeah. in this this move. Uh, they fight. Freddie Kung Fu fights Michael, which is something <laughs> I didn't need. I know you hate this movie so much, but this... I said that Buster Rhymes was my favorite part of the movie. Just doing Kung Fu against Michael Myers. This is on par with the chainsaw fight in Texas no, Chainsaw how 2. how dare you, sir? How, how dare you? It's Take it back. Let's come up with the most ridiculous... You know what? They literally, they watched Texas Chainsaw 2 and they're like, okay, we need to do something like that. We need to have... I got it. Moneymaker. Buster Rhymes doing Kung Fu. This is funny. I hate this. So Michael grabs Freddy's leg and stops him from kicking him. So Sarah jumps into the fight and wraps a cord around his neck. Lock and load, trying to strangle him. Yeah. Rule five, lock and load. Um, and they've never fought Michael before, so they don't know that he's pretty much impervious to everything. Right. And then Freddy kicks him out a window, and the cord gets <laughs> caught on something, and basically it's, it's hanging Michael. And they think he's dead because he stopped struggling. And they can't double tap him from this position, so that's fine. Yep. Fine. Rule number six is double tap, but you can't do it from here. So Freddie and Sarah go downstairs, and they get a text from Deckard saying, he's alive. And they look out the window, and Michael cut himself free. Oh, no. And then they're like, where is he? And Deckard texts him, he's in the house. Well, no shit. Where else was he going to go? Whatever. And Michael's right behind him. Stonehenge, magic bullshit, and this, uh, again, reestablishes my rule that you can't hear Michael Myers. So clearly it was a one-offer for Freddie. Because yep, Michael's back. Michael's back. Maybe maybe him putting on the mask himself. Maybe it's the mask. The mask is in those abilities. To maybe. Be, maybe. It's like he, he sensed like, hmm. It's like uh, some of those uh, uh, abilities in Skyrim. You put on certain uh, clothing and it masks your movement. Yeah. No, That's, I like it. It's the mask. Rook two for both of them because Michael gets the drop on them and stabs Freddy a couple times. Like And like I said, I, I say that this is an asterisk rule two. Granted, you should not have been in this position because in my opinion, you kicked him out a window, right? But that window, he kind of rolled off of a porch, which was, again, pretty low to the ground. Go out the window yeah. and get to the ground from there because the doors are still locked. How Where did Michael get into go? the house? Whatever. Whatever. Stupid. This doesn't make any sense. Whatever. We're here. Okay, so Sarah runs again. She finds Rudy's body and then goes down to the basement, which, what? Where were you going to go? This is a horrible move. This is worse than going up the stairs because she hasn't even really explored the yeah, downstairs. She doesn't know about this sub-basement. She doesn't know about the secret tunnel. 
There's no reason for Sarah to go down here. None. This is awful. So Sarah goes down here. So she ends up finding the way out in the basement. She finds Donna's body and then finally finds, spots the manhole cover. And she climbs up. Michael slashes at her and he, she kicks him off and then finally crawls up to the manhole cover, which comes into the garage where the control center for Freddie and Nora has been set up. And so she closes the manhole cover and knocks this um, old-timey lawnmower something on top of it to, to barricade it. Sure. Gasoline starts leaking Gasoline out. Gasoline spills out. Which, by the way, speaking of Skyrim, if you go deep enough into the dungeon, you will always find your way out. <laughs> I guess so. I guess it works for the Halloween movies, too. Haddonfield uh, works by Skyrim rules, I guess. She somehow winds up in Blackreach. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover event we all need. I would watch that movie. It would be better than this. Absolutely. <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm just imagining her like crawling through the hole in the wall in the Michaels hideout like, oh, I'm in Blackreach. <laughs> Oh my god. Ugh. I love how we ended up in Blackreach in this podcast. Yeah, we, we dug deep enough to this podcast and ended up in Blackreach. You, you always end up in Blackreach. <laughs> so Sarah finds Nora's body and we have absolutely nothing we can say about Nora because we don't know what happened to her. I'm assuming that rule two asterisk or probably thought it was Freddy, honestly. Yeah. So I got nothing for her. Yeah, I got nothing for Nora. So she sees Michael coming at the front door. And so she's like, okay, I'll go out the back door. It's locked. Classic. So she hides. Michael enters. Sarah finds a chainsaw. Rule five: locks and loads. Attacks him with a chainsaw. Gets him a couple of times and gives the worst acting in the series. This is for Jen. This is for Rudy. This is for the Shire. <laughs> and that's for my own gaffer. <laughs> but the worst one is for all of them. Oh yeah, those other kind of scummy people that you met for like a day. Now yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That, that the, the two pervy guys, yeah, this is for them. Now, in fairness, Sarah's made a lot of mistakes in this movie, but this was a fun move. Yeah, I mean, getting out the chainsaw, that's fine. And it was great timing, too, because she, like, busts out that wall yep. and starts the chainsaw at the same time. She must have primed that thing with at least two or three pumps before she pulled. Yeah. I mean, this was amazing stuff. And you think that they weren't inspired by Texas Chainsaw 2. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. This is this is this is becoming more credible no, the further we get you. into this. No. <laughs> she actually cuts some electrical wires and then the chainsaw stops working. So she throws it at him. And it like knocks him unconscious. Yeah, it's done. I mean, those are heavy. Yeah, but he threw Buster Rhymes like through a wall yeah, earlier. Like but Michael didn't get thrown through a wall. <laughs> you're right. Uh he he has like superhuman strength, but his downside is he is like paperweight. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, you could take a chainsaw out of the chest and you tell me how it feels, okay? You're going to be stunned for a second. Whatever. <laughs> so the electrical wires start, start sparking and they, they start the garage on fire. Because there was gas leaking. Yep, yep. Sarah somehow gets tangled in a bunch of, like, cords from the soundboard. Whatever. I, okay. Whatever. Just unplug them. She or, just kind of lays there. Or for the army the crawl. Do something. She literally lays here for the rest of this fight. She's useless in the rest of this. Yeah, she just lays there just moaning. Just, uh, arg. <laughs> so, yeah, you clearly don't want to live here. I, I don't even know what rule violation this is. Just literally, like, what, rule 17? Yeah, rule 17, never give up. Like, yeah, but, but she is giving up. She completely gives up. So this is, like, negative 17. You're breaking a rule that we invented to give people props. Yep. Like, she gives up. Ugh. So Freddy bursts and kicks the door down and says the best line of the movie, trick or treat, motherfucker. Which is, again, Buster Rhymes is the best part of this movie. Yeah, and because of this moment, and this is the only reason. Uh, this is a great line. <laughs> uh, so they fight. Freddy grabs a shovel, lock and load. Starts beating Michael with the shovel and, and the stick, but he ends up getting tossed across the room. And then Michael is coming for him. So Freddy grabs an electrical wire, hits Michael in the dick with it, <laughs> somehow, which sends him flying backwards into some wires and he gets electrocuted. And Freddy saves Sarah and they escape and Michael is apparently dead from all this electrocution. And the garage burns down. Oh, and the garage burns down. So electrocution and crispy fire. Yes. So reporters arrive. Sarah thanks Deckard. Okay. <laughs> and Freddy's like, right, get the cameras out of here. No more cameras. Okay. That's a great character arc. Freddy goes from liking cameras to not liking cameras. Cool. Whatever. And Michael gets taken to the morgue, and the mortician is told it's Michael Myers, and she's, like, looking at him, and his eyes open. Ah, it's the end of the movie. Woo. And that's the end of Halloween, Resurrection, Kill Me. This movie is so bad. It's so bad. All right. 
So, we did not get any new rules for Halloween Resurrection, because this movie does not deserve any new rules. And also, it was everybody committing 10, 17, 28. Yeah, basically. You panicked, you gave up, and you didn't get out. Yep. Also, Sarah runs up the stairs. Yep, so many times. And she doesn't get off the damn roof. Yeah. She should have. <laughs> that could be its own rule. Get off the roof. Get off the roof. So, unfortunately, we have to give a character the Randy Meeks merit badge for this movie. We have to. It's required. I don't want to, but we do. And the Randy Meeks merit badge goes to the character who does the best job at following the rules. Of course, based off Randy from Scream. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. I think it's got to be Freddy. He's the least useless of all of them. I'm not even going to... I'm not going to contend with it. You know, he he makes a lot of mistakes, but he has a, a few really good moments. Michael was going to kill him, and, you know, just by uh, being a good boss, you know, and uh, and delegating. Yep. He, uh, he buys himself some time. Uh, he finds out that he's in a horror movie off screen, yep. and he's the only character who uh, finds out that he's in a horror movie before it's pretty much too late. Yep. So, good on him for that. He fights, loses, but, you know... Well, he, yeah, he helps throw Michael out the window. He yep. ki- he's the one who kicks Michael out the yep, window. Yep. He does violate constant vigilance when he gets stabbed. Which, again, which has an asterisk. Yep. Asterisk next to it. And then he comes back and he kicks Michael's ass with a shovel and then electrocutes him. You know, our final girl, our main protagonist, Sarah, isn't the one who defeats Michael. It's Bretty. Yeah. It's Buster Rhymes. Yep. So... I, yeah, I, he actually doesn't make that many mistakes, considering he's he's pretty good, rule-wise. Yep. He's a very short length of time where he actually knows in a horror mo- he's in a horror movie, but he he does a lot with it. Yeah, he has a couple violations where he's a, he's a menace, but that's not really related to uh, his interactions with Michael. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think for this movie, Freddy is hands down the winner of the Randy Meeks Yeah, badge. honestly, going through his summary there, he performed well. Yeah. Very, very high percentage-wise. Yeah. So, so, good job, Freddy. Then you gave us the best line in the movie and you had the best performance. All right. So, let's move on to the Night of the Living Club Award, which goes to the character who's the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, who's just the worst character ever. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. And so, I have two... And then the two we've talked about that I said at the beginning, we have Willie's security guard and then our final girl, Sarah. What do you think? I think it's Sarah and there's no question. Yeah. I, I think it's only fitting that if you kill Laurie Strode in such a horrible, horrible anticlimactic fashion, making the dumbest mistake of her entire Laurie Strode existence, that your final girl ends up being that worthless because obviously you don't know how to treat your protags. Yes. It's very true. Sarah is worthless in this whole movie. Pretty much does everything wrong and survives despite herself. Yeah. She shouldn't have lived multiple times. She was saved by Rudy. She was saved by Freddy. Saved by Skyrim Logic. Saved by Skyrim Logic. You know, saved by Blackreach. There was no reason for her to go in that basement. It's so dumb. She should have jumped off the roof. Several times. Several times. She's too focused on her personal texting device, whatever the hell that is and she could have just been escaping instead of the basic logic she went back into the house yep goes upstairs so often without checking her backdoor escape routes just the logic doesn't make sense sarah's absolute trash uh, her acting is abysmal and i think she's the night of the living club and unfortunately she's a living club and that sucks <laughs> that absolutely sucks the question is now derek are we going to continue with the halloween franchise you're you're in you're through the worst of it from here on out there's there's two I think acceptable to, to good movies. And there's one that's not great, but it's at least different. So, do you want to reserve the Halloween remake for yourself? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm I'm excited for this one because when when was the remake made? 2007. Yeah. So, I mean, we're in like Iron Man, you know, yep. territory now. I'm, I'm expecting it to be uh, something that's maybe more in my wheelhouse than in yours okay. um, in, in terms of style. Because I've, I've pretty much liked the way that movies have been shot since the late 2000s. There are, are obviously exceptions, but I won't be out of my comfort zone in terms of what I like sure. stylistically. And also, I think that's when they started to turn things into, uh, you know, Dark Knight. You know, so it was all about, like, the dark, gritty remakes. That's 100% accurate, and this might be the best example ever of that. 
So there you go. I'm that that alone kind of gets me pretty excited for it. And after I've seen Halloween three, Halloween five, and Halloween eight, I deserve this. <laughs> I've earned this. I hope you like it. I think it's okay. Yeah, and uh, that's and that's fine. As far as far as horror remakes go, I think it's better than Friday the Thirteenth. I think it's better than Texas Chainsaw. Not just because it's never on Elm Street. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but out of the big four, I'd say it's the second best. Okay. So, all right, so that's been reserved. So let's go to the Wheel of Spooks. So here's what's on there. We have A Nightmare on Street 4, Dream Master, Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, The Next Generation, Halloween 9, which is the remake, Child's Play 2, Leprechaun 2, Saw 4, and Friday the 13th Part 3. Derek, go ahead and spin the wheel. All right, Derek, you ready to go back to Nebraska? Let's go. All right, we're doing Children of the Corn 4, The Gathering, starring Naomi Watts. So that's what's up next. Some more Nebraska BS. We're burning through that series. This is Halloween all over again. <laughs> but that that's good. Once that's good. you know, once we're through that, we can uh, do some other stuff. Yeah. All right. You can follow us at How to Horror on Twitter and How to Survive a Horror Movie on Instagram. Yeah, you know, you can check out all of our rules at on the Twitter account there. So follow uh, follow us there so you can check out all the latest edition of the rules. And again, if you just like us. Uh, check out Castaway Consultants, and if you don't watch Survivor, watch Survivor. Yeah, get it, into it. It's a, it's a lot of fun. We're in the middle of season 39 yep. right now. But yeah, uh, check that out if you want. Anything else, Dirk? No, that's all I got. All right, well, thanks for being on this. Thanks for doing this bullshit with me. Yeah, well, uh, at least we're over the hill. Yep, getting there. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh, uh.